You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Where about we're going, everybody? This is your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. Uh, this week, we're talking to another amazing independent comic book creator. Homie is going to talk to us about the lords of the cosmos. He could actually even tell us something about some satanic, satanic coloring books. Yeah, satanic coloring. I, I said it, folks. Yeah, sounds wild and crazy, right? But it's actually really fun. Meet the amazing person behind this, the one and only, Jason Lennox. How you doing, kiddo? Al, I'm doing great. It's great to be uh, on the show. I appreciate you having me as a guest. Thank you. No, man. Thanks for coming on, man. This is awesome, bro. So, excuse me. Let's get right into it, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's go. Introduce yourself. Where you from, bro? Where you holler from? So, uh, I'm Jason Lennox, and I hail from almost the center of the state of Pennsylvania. I live about 15 minutes from Penn State University out in an area that is dominated by farms and horses. So, we live really in the country. So, my wife and two kids and our cat, we live in a little tiny house next to a church, a graveyard, and a bunch of horses in a park. No wonder your mind is so twisted with the things that you do. Okay, we'll get into that momentarily. (laughs) Awesome. Talk about your origins, man. What what was it as a kid that tickled your fancy when when you got into this whole culture? What what was it that got you intrigued, if you will? The comic book that I always think about is kind of my first kiss that got me into comics was uh, I was seven, and it would have been Gru the Wanderer, which was written and drawn by uh, Sergio Argones, who was the guy that did the little margin cartoons in Mad Magazine. And I got Gru the Wanderer number two, uh, at a spinner rack at the Walden Books at Park City Mall in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, it's a great comic book. I still have it. It's in a long box. But uh, that comic really opened my mind. Uh, I don't know that Sergio gets a lot of the love and respect that he should get. Um, but he, he, he's a he's one of those guys that he's super talented, he's super funny, and he can draw really, really fast. And, and he, he is a true comic book cartoonist. But, you know, at a young age, uh, seeing uh, Gru really inspired me to want to make things because it was just it was just a really cool comic. That's Gru, though, man. I actually collected the run of the Dark Horse Day, Gru versus Conan. I don't know if you picked that up. You know, I saw that they're just doing a Gru versus Tarzan. Now, that seems to be the move to oh, kind of right. Gru in with, with kind of these more realistic characters. But I'll be honest, I'm a bad Gru lifer because I haven't really caught up with him in the last bunch of years. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I have the whole Marvel run. and I, I have some of the Eclipse run before that. And then I have – he did a bunch of miniseries oh, for nice. Dark Horse. But I did, not get the, uh, I did not get the Conan Gru run. Oh, yeah, that's the one you got to get, man. That's, that's, that's calling that my big homie. So, like, you know yeah. how to pick that bad boy up. So, all right. So, talk about the journey, man. So, you picked that up. You picked up that comic book. Did you have a community of comic book nerds, that, that a tribe, if you will, growing up? Uh, no. For me, comic he book collecting no. was, was very, uh, you know, just kind of me getting comic books in a vacuum. Um the, the earliest community I can remember was uh, I was in art school at Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts in summer of 1992 for gifted artists. And uh, I met a really good friend. Uh, he lives in New York City. Now his name's Keith Crick. 
and he and I jointly discovered the joy or addiction of collecting anime in 1992. <laughs> so he was 90s man, fucking yeah. videotapes and all these movies. Yeah, I yeah. So, he, so I remember he and I went to a mall in Erie, Pennsylvania, and we went to a comic book store and we bought Bubblegum Crisis One and oh, Dominion nice. and Dominion Tank Police Number One on VHS. I think they were each like fifty to sixty dollars for what. Yeah, like in the clamshell boxes, they were like thirty to forty minutes each. Wait, and, question though, what was they yeah. the legits of the bootlegs? Be honest. No, they were legit. They were the okay. legit ones from the, the companies. In the, okay. Yes, um, and it was weird because I, I recently got uh, a, a discotheque re-release of Robot Carnival, I believe it was. Oh and wow! There was, and there was a documentary about that that era of anime retailing to stores. And I remember they talked about the box nomenclature. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Because there was things on that said, like, video comics. And I was like, I remember that. So we, we caught on to the OVA video direct sale trend probably within the first year that they were really trying to do it through comic book stores. Mm. So Keith was kind of my first community. Um, and I also remember around that time going to, like, one-day comic book shows in Lancaster and York just at, like, hotels where you just go in. Yeah, uh, and, and there was just comic book dealers. And the only time I ever met a creator um, was a guy named Joe Monks. And I met Joe at uh, a show in York. I believe it was the Holiday Inn or the Caterpillar plant. And uh, I remember I walked by him and uh, I would go to these shows with like a list of comic books to buy. And uh, he was like, hey, I wrote a comic book. You should buy it. And and that was like it, it, that that seemed to me to be incredibly <laughs> because there was actually one of the people that made a comic interacting with me. Yeah. And he shook my hand and he he, he was a, a real good salesman. And he sold me a copy of Cry for Dawn 2, which he had made with Joe Linsner uh, in the early 90s. And I bought it. Still have that book. I think it's worth a lot of money. Um I've talked to Joe Monks recently on Facebook. He's a friend. He's a really cool guy. Um, and I related that back to him, and he thought it was pretty cool that I remembered all that stuff. But, nice. you know, the comic community growing up in, in the geek culture was very slim. It was me going to shows. Uh, my cousin Paul and I would go to these, like, one-day shows. And then I had my friend Keith that we collected anime. And we would sometimes get together and go to Philadelphia and buy VHS tapes at, like, the bootleg stores. And then we would connect our VCRs and like copy tape to tape. <laughs> so there was kind of a simultaneous collecting anime and comic books. Like they, to me, they kind of went hand in hand. Um, but, you know, again, there wasn't really much community at all. I mean, it was just a very limited activity. Um, at least that was my personal experience. So what, what started leading you towards, you know, wanting to create your own stuff? When did that when did that bug hit you? Um, so I remember making some zine type comics in high school, and um, I didn't go to college for art. I went to college for business, and I got a degree in, in marketing from Shippensburg University in Southern Pennsylvania. And while I was in school, I did a lot of just kind of freelance poster stuff. I didn't do anything that was comic related. And then after college, for a few years, I kind of dabbled making uh, some freelance illustrations. And then for a good many years, I, I stopped. And then around 2009, I was pretty active kind of pre-social media on the bulletin board for Heavy Metal Magazine. And uh, 
I remember uh, a bunch of us were kind of talking on there that we weren't really happy with the direction of the magazine that we just didn't like it because we were, you know, grouchy fans. And at some point they, around 2010, they said, we're going to shut down our bulletin board and migrate off here to Facebook and shut this all down. And I think they wanted to shut it down because their bulletin board was just people just pointing out how the magazine had gone downhill. And there was a couple of us that said, maybe we should get together and, and uh, try to make a short story and submit it. And I said, you know, I really got an itch. I want to start drawing again. So uh, I connected with a fellow that said he was a writer and then a fellow that said he was a letterer. And I had a very, very simple idea. And uh, it was a five page idea. And uh, I pitched it to the guy that said he was a writer. And he came back with this really strange, like 20 page script. And I said, I don't know that this is anything. He's so strange. And he he wrote me this furious hate mail and uh, basically told me to F off. And then I guess he sent the other fella a pretty nasty note. And then I talked to the other guy and said, why don't we just make this together? So um, <laughs> we ended up making a little five page short and submitting it to heavy metal. And uh, we didn't really hear anything. And then we had fun making that. So we made a, 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 a 12 page short. And sent that into heavy metal. And there was a little bit of a back and forth with them where they were like, hey, this is nice, but we might not use it for like 10 years. So that would be like now. 10 years. God damn. And I was like, okay, I I, kind of get it. That that's the don't call us, we'll call you talk. And so that was that was around 2011. And I remember Al being kind of bummed out because I was like, well, I I guess this is kind of a roadblock because what do I do now? And at the time I was a little bit aware of Kickstarter and cause I, I had backed a project on Indiegogo for an independent film that prior year for a friend. And I had uh, obtained a small freelance job through chit chatting with some people uh, that I was getting updates from at the time. So I got a film credit around that time in a, a film called uh, zero charisma for an illustration that I did. Zero uh, the- charisma. Yeah, which is a film about Dungeons and Dragons players, but oh still, shit, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> so anyway, the title about wait, 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 wait. I just yeah. want to just focus on that title for a minute. So it's about D and D players and uh-huh. zero charisma. I mean, yeah, why? Because the dungeon master is hated by everyone, so he has a okay. zero charisma. Right. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I had some art in the movie, and then that kind of sprouted into this comic book thought, awesome. and then. So I was kind of sitting there with these two stories, one's 12, one's five pages. And and I remember thinking, if I'm going to wait for someone to give me a break, I'll probably never get a break. Why don't I figure out a way to use this crowdfunding stuff and maybe go to the fans and maybe just make my own book? So I actually went to an architectural printer that does blueprints. And I said to the manager, I said, could we make a comic book if I gave you uh, files? And he said, I'll get back to you. And he said, you know, I think we could do that. We could do that for you. You're a friend. And then I made a small video and I did a Kickstarter in 2012 for that first project to, to pay for some expenses. And I tried to raise a thousand dollars and I think I raised like $1,200 and oh, nice on your first though. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, and again, that must like, feel good crowd. Well, it did. And, and crowdfunding now is so uh, it's all around us and it's kind of a given. At that time, I remember, Al, there were people being like, why do you have to do this? Like, can't you just ask people for money? And I was like, yeah, but I'll use this platform. And I remember there was a lot of pushback of like, I don't know why you're like, like, why are you doing this? And it was like, I have a kick. Like, what is Kickstarter? Like, so (laughs) 
like, you know, now everyone's like hawking Kickstarters and, you know, it, it's very, uh, it's everywhere. But at yeah. that time, 10 years ago, it was not. So I, you know, I did that and, and that's kind of where, I, and I started doing comic book shows around that time. I, I realized there was kind of a different, more thriving community. Um, the first show that I did uh, was the Scranton Comic-Con uh, in Scranton, Pennsylvania in, in June of 2012. So that's been almost 10 years ago. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, I started going out and just meeting fans and meeting people and, uh, you know, building a presence and, and just working on meeting people and, and building. Were a you ready base. for that? Were you ready for that as a new creator to face the cons and how people are? You know, the first show I went to was really cool. I, 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 I showed up with a stack of books and a framed piece of art and some business cards and a sheet. And that was it. And I had a sign. I had a sign behind me. And that was it. And I sold, I don't know, a hundred dollars worth of stuff and people were really nice to me. And so it was, it was a one day, 10 to five show, um, small crowd, friendly crowd. Um, my neighbor was a guy named Chris ring. Uh, he's a, he's a lifer artist and he was really cool and gave me some, he he gave me a couple tips to do better, you know, get some prints, do maybe do a little fan art, do some other things, you know, build on what you got. And, you know, I kind of walked into that show just kind of saying, here I am, I'll give it a shot. And, and, you know, I've done a ton of shows since then and, you know, you you get a little bit better. So I've actually looked at pictures from me at these shows from all those years ago. And I've looked at even like my setup and, you know, it it grows like a weed, man, where like the amount of material, your presence, like your experience, your ability to talk to a crowd, you know, it grows. But, you know, I think back to that first Kickstarter, that first show. And at the time, that was the best I could do, you know, so I'm proud of it. But obviously, I feel that I've gotten a lot bigger and better, you know, and smarter, because you're always just trying to get better. Because people will say, like, what's your favorite art that you've done? And I always tell them the same thing. It's whatever I've done the most recently because I'm always just trying to get better. So, you know, ideally the newest thing you're doing should be the best because you've got everything before that you've learned off of. So, yeah, that's kind of my origin story to the point now where like my last Kickstarter that wrapped uh, in the in uh, February, I I had 263 backers and raised like $8,300. It was my 11th Kickstarter for my 11th book. So the Lords of the Cosmos 4. So you know, to think about where I was to where I'm at, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, there was, you know, things that I wish I'd have done different, but I think everyone's got to make mistakes or kind of just, you know, scrap up and learn, you know, you, you learn by doing your best and maybe failing or, you know, not doing the best you could do, but you just figure it out as you go and you try to listen and, and get better. Is that 11 successful Kickstarters? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Kiddo, congrats, bro. That's fucking amazing. God bless. Thanks. Bro. That, well, that, that's really good. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we get 12 when this uh, coloring book goes live uh, on October 5th. Hopefully we get a 12th, right? Lucky 12. Yeah. Well, you gonna, it's going to happen, bro. What you mean? If, if, it's when? Yeah. Isn't it? Well, I hope so. I mean, I'll be honest. I hope so because it's it's got a ton of people following it. So I think it's going to go really well, to be honest with you. So let's just show some stuff because, you know, not just about that, because this was the last one. Prior yep. to the Satanic, right? Yep, this is Lords of the Cosmos. So four. introduce people into Lord of the Cosmos. So I grew up as a kid watching the old filmation cartoons like uh, Tarzan, Flash Gordon, Black Star. I love Silverhawks, Thundercats, He Man. Um, so I grew up with all those things, and, and I have a lot of affection for them. They're corny, they're cheesy, but I love them for all that stuff. So Lords of the Cosmos was myself and my two creative partners on this, uh, Dennis and, and Jason. 
the three of us, you know, have built Lords of the Cosmos to be our uh, take on what we wanted to see in an 80s property. So it is magic, it's technology, it's fantasy, it's science fiction on a planet with supercharged <laughs> villains and supercharged uh, villains having uh, crazy adventures as they fight each other over multiple time periods and wars with with things that are impossible but really cool. So, I mean, that image there, that is a scene from issue four where the heroes are attacking a beach. So it's kind of like saving private Ryan, but with like a battleship on a turtle and werewolves and robots and they're landing troops out of gigantic, uh, mechanized crocodiles. Um, yeah. Yeah. Imagination is insane, bro. So to me that, you know, that's what Lords of the cosmos is all about. So this is a little bit of drama here. This is from issue four where the higher level villains are having a fallout and it's kind of like a gangster hit where the, the undead unicorn has failed in the prior issues and in the prior issue, he's been shot by one of the heroes and he shows up for help. And a character that is a gigantic acid filled fish tank has a score to settle with him and ask to have him tortured to death. And the main villain is like, take him and take your vengeance out on him. So there's kind of a little element of star scream in the character. That's the unicorn. And we're showing him being dragged off while the oh, the two main villains who are Obsidian and Umex, the two at the bottom there, they're kind of the, the evil power couple that run the villains. Uh, they're basically back to worrying about their day to day. And, uh, you know, Cycorn, who's our undead uh, unicorn, you know, he, he, he'll have something to say in the next issue as well. And uh, one of the big things in this issue is we learn the origin of the large fish tank man and why he hates Cycorn. So there's a lot, man. And again, if you love that 80s stuff, you're like, yeah, this really seems like a lot of those 80s dynamics with Megatron and Starscream. And that was always the intent to give that. Everybody's favorite heel. Come on. Now, Starscream is is everybody's favorite bitch ass. Yeah, he's great. Um, so this page is, so two of the heroes, um, one is a cybernetic wizard called Tiedmus, and then there's a talking cat called Felenix. And this is their origin story called Last of Their Kind, where there's only one of each of them left in the world, and the cat saves the wizard. And then we learn their origin where they join up with the heroes. So we kind of bounce back and forth a lot in these books where there's a main storyline, but we keep jumping around and, and showing different spotlights. Like, who are these characters and where do they come from? And it's, it's kind of fun exploring all their, you know, different origin stories and how it builds on our bigger world building project with it. Hello. And so is, is the comic black and white? Yeah. Comics black nice. and white. We, I love it. We did that really for budget because it would just would have cost way more money to color it. But I'm a big fan of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd. Um, and I like a lot the Savage Sword of Conan. I think black and white. I think it's beautiful in its own Me way. Too. So to me, some people have said, why aren't you coloring it? And I'm like, well, it's, it's a budget thing, but I think black and white's gorgeous. So You're you know, talking this, this, my language, kiddo. Yeah, so to me, it's it's just a style choice. So, th- so this page is the main hero has a, a magic sword that is part of their logo, and the sword is alive. And in this issue, we learn the sword's very strange origin story and how the <laughs> sword wants people to die and has caused a lot of conflict in this world because it's influenced the main hero to keep killing people and disfiguring people uh, in all these conflicts in the past. And the sword gives you its origin story in this book and the sword talks. Too funny. So this is the sword story. So this is uh, a scene from that beach attack where the, the alternate cover where uh, 
Lady Vi and Mordanix are two of the main villains. And these, this is them getting attacked on the beach because their job is to defend part of the beach from the heroes landing all their troops and machines and stuff on the beach. There's a lot going on here. Uh, Lady Vi is a backer from the prior issues. So she's in the book. She's the, the love interest of the main villain. Uh, the guy in the, the little surfboard, he's another backer named uh, Mark Krischer. And he paid to be in the book as a character named Turbo, where he, his deal is he kind of smashes into guys on his powered surfboard. And uh, there's a lot going on here. So in issue one, we introduce the undead uh, unicorn and his rival, a cybernetic uh, reindeer. And they see each other, and that causes mayhem. So there's just a lot going on. Uh, I love it, though. That yeah. name fucks me up. The undead unicorn. It just yeah. sounds fucking crazy. The guy, if you go back real quick, I, I'll roll you back one here. Uh, so on that last image at the bottom, there was a fellow that backed us in the first issue. Uh, that's his character, the bottom, getting punched in the chest with a mace. So that's uh, that's, my, oh, uh, that, that's my bro, Eric Suarez. That's his character, Zach Oteco, and that's his first appearance in the book. Hey, Zach Oteco, first and last, apparently, because he looked like he's dying. Yeah, well, he's not dead. He, he's going to have his own story in a future issue. We're working on hey. that. But there's, there's just a lot going on. But anyway, let's move it ahead, Al. Let's go ahead. Yeah, this is what's going on, bro. Some crazy shit that is probably offending people because they well, don't understand the fun behind it. But talk about it. So Satanic Coloring Book, um, I did a bunch of freelance and spec pieces starting in around 2015, 2016 that had Satanic themes in them. And a good friend of mine named uh, Julie Geist uh, in and around that time had said to me, this would be great if you made a coloring book. And I, and I said, nah, I don't, I don't want to do a coloring book. I don't want to do a coloring book. So I was like, no, 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 no. And I kept making more and more of this material. And the more that I made, the more people kind of were attracted to it. And I hit, I hit a critical mass at a certain point where it, it actually seemed like a pretty good idea. And then I got connected with a printing company in State College where I live that actually makes coloring books. And I said, is this possible to do this? And they said, yeah, this is more than possible. If you put this together, we can make it. And then that was between Lords of the Cosmos 2 and 3. And I said at the time, about two years ago, I said, okay, when I wrap up Lords of the Cosmos 4, full speed ahead, we're going to make this thing happen. So I had a meeting uh, with a graphic designer and colorist, Danny Zemba, that I work with quite a bit in the printing company. And we had a meeting in March and we kind of you know, had a general planning meeting to say, this is, this is what we can do. This is what we need to do. And then I made a plan and I started moving ahead with Danny to start creating what we needed for the book. And the goal was to launch the Kickstarter in October of 2021, which is this month. And hey, it's this month and uh, it's all worked out. So it it was taking a lot of material that was kind of not ever meant to be together, but making it go together. So you're you're a geeky guy. So this this is what I'll explain it to you as uh, in more common terms. I love Robotech. I think Carl Masek's a cool guy, but I always laugh about Robotech because it was three shows that he went and bought that were short and they put them all together and said, this is Robotech. And we as American kid audiences said, it makes sense to us. But if you knew what that was, it was Macross, it was Southern Cross and it was Genesis Climber Most Peta. They were three separate shows that had nothing to do with each other. The Satanic Coloring Book is kind of like that, but my work where it's like, here's a whole bunch of stuff that's all Satanic themed. It was never it was, it was never made to all go together in a book, but we thought about it and realized how we could make it work. We broke it into two books. One one is the the more it's a little more adults only ritual material, and the other book is called Animals. So, yeah, these are some of the the covers from Rituals. So the, these are you know stained glass heraldry. I try to take the stuff really. That's seriously. a dope one though with the stained glass though. 
Yeah, people like I've gotten to be pretty well known for my stained glass. Um, the weird story behind that is on the second or third satanic piece, I just drew a goat with a pentagram. And uh, Danny, who had colored the piece, uh, made the pentagram into some stained glass. And I said, why did you do that? She said, I don't know. I thought it looked cool. It was just a little circle. And then I thought, you know, that's a pretty neat idea. And then I kind of took that just a little bit of inspiration and started making these larger stained glass pieces and flags and, and uh, you know, heraldry and trying to build out the satanic aesthetic, but do it like it was a kingdom and it needed to have things that you would have if you were a kingdom, which would be symbols, flags, heraldry, stained glass to try to do it in a very serious manner um, of, of uh, you know, kind of classic artistic design, but with a different theme. I mean, there's tons of, you know, stained glass at churches, um, but there's really very little that's satanic, almost none. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll have to put this to number two. So talk about the second I- I- image. So the second book is just called Animals. And I had done a lot of just like little pieces of cats and dogs and things like that with just a satan- satanic symbol with it and people love it. They love, you know, they love animals. They like a little bit of Satan. So it's kind of like peanut butter and cookies, dude, they go great together. And and I realized, yeah. And and I kind of realized that it would be nice to have a book that doesn't have anything that you like rituals has some things you wouldn't want to show kids. So that's Martha's adults only 18 plus, but by taking all the animal stuff, we made a book that's, this is all ages. So if you showed it to a little kid, I mean, like there's, I mean, if you're upset about a, you know, a pentagram, I, you know, you are, but, um, you know, there, there, there is no violence. There's no, it's just animals. So the yeah. idea was to make a book that everyone could look at. And then we have one that's only for, you know, the adults. So it ended up being two books, which I like that. Cause that way ever there's something for everyone, you know? Gotcha, man. Cause I don't know, my, when I told my daughter about this, I don't know she ate it up. She said, oh, when? <laughs> well, right. And, and here's the thing. You, you could get her the animals book and, and know that, you know, it's, animals with satanic symbols so there's you know there's the sigil loose for a pentagram and things like that but there's like a cow and there's a, a rabbit and cats and dogs there's a buffalo um you know there's some birds so it's it's things that you know outside of if the you know religious symbolism upsets you but i wouldn't want to put something that that has you know violence or nudity uh you know that's that's marketed for everybody because that's that's not fair. I think people should be able to have things Good that are adult content, but I don't want to mar- but I I, would, I don't ever want those things to be marketed to to kids because I have kids and I wouldn't want someone to do that with them. So to me it's cool to have both. Like you can we, we we put our adult stuff in one book, we put the all ages stuff in another book and then there's something for everyone. Well there we go. So folks if you want to check out his stuff you gotta go to Jason Lennox, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, right there. Then the last project. I mean, can we still bid on it, or, or, or what's popping there? What? So if you, so actually, you, so if you go to the page, um, there is a link to go buy the book because the book is now on Etsy, and I'll autograph it for you. So if you go to the Kickstarter page at the top, there's a button that says "Order a Copy." You can go there now and just order a copy. So it's kind of like oh, right, nice, yep. nice, yeah, nice. And and is the uh, Kickstarter project for the Satanic Color book still alive? Uh, had, it'll start. It'll start on the fifth. It is start, yo, folks. You hear this? It starts on the fifth, right? So you got Don't time. Around, it, folks. It, it'll go live on the fifth. There's going to be some early bird specials. I think they're going to go quick. There is a ton of people following the project, and I think it's going to get a lot of backers. So um, get in there early. Get in there and and, and grab stuff. There's a lot of really uh, fun rewards. There's enamel pins. There's satanic colored pencils. There's uh, thirteen covers. Uh, seven on one book, six on the other. 
Uh, and the 13 covers uh, on purpose with the number 13. <laughs> no, it, it, ju- it just worked out that way. We, yeah. we had a, we had a bunch of stuff for covers, and a lot of them didn't work out. And we said these are the ones we liked the best, and just kept them. Danny and I just awesome. picked them we thought were cool. And you can actually get me to color a page. You can actually get my wife to color a page. You can actually get my kids to color a page. Oh, and then nice. a bunch, of, yeah. And then a bunch of the artists on the book. It, it's like color a page where you pay a fee, and then we'll ship the, we'll ship a book to them, and they'll color a page. Um, I work with some models on some of the art in the books. Some of the models have, you know, a fee to color a page and, cool. and things like that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff. You know, um, this is the first time I really got really involved with add-on menus. So there's some basic tiers, and then you can go to like the add-on menu and, you know, I want to buy a, a t-shirt and a pencil pack and two pins, and you you can kind of build your own rewards because. I didn't want to have like, well, here's a tier with two books, three pens and a pencil. And here's three books. To, it's figured, hey, look, here's a book. Here's two books. Go take those two tiers and go get whatever you want. Build your own, you know, T-shirt, pencils, pins, stickers. You do what you want. Awesome. Awesome. That, that's, how, that's how he do, yo. Jason, you feel me? Look, we got JasonLennox.com. The project's right there. You can visit that now and be advised when this bad boy is live. Mm-hmm. So you could go ahead and, and start putting that that paper in and support this awesome and fun project. Don't get yourself so serious, folks. You know, get out of here with this. It's really fun what he's doing. I, I'm seeing what he's doing with it. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. You, 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 you twist it, and I love it. So, what what would be the dream with this, bro? With the coloring book? Yeah. Or any ideas overall that you have with it? Is there anything greater that could come out of it that that you kind of been, you know, mm-hmm. in that brain of yours stewing on? <laughs> so with the coloring book, you know, it's funny. The coloring book was always just made for fun. I I never really had a big grand plan for it. I'd say I had bigger ideas with Lords of the Cosmos. Like if I could have anything come true with that project, it would be to make it nice. into an animated like an animated anthology, kind of like the Animatrix. I always thought that Beautiful. was a really cool experiment with animation. Um, I think it would work well as something like that. That would be a big dream for that. For a coloring book, mm, I don't know. I think the coloring book is kind of a, I, I, I'd like it to see it be really successful. It would be cool to see if it could get like, you know, you know, a ton of backers and a ton of, a ton of fun for people. I see um, Meadowheads back in the show out of this right now. Well, I think Metalhead should back back it for real because it's <laughs> definitely up to act. So actually, true story, when the when the campaign launches, when you go check out the video, I have a client, uh, they're a heavy metal band from the West Coast called Dead Animal Assembly Plant. And uh, uh, the, the band was kind enough uh, as, as my client to let me use a little bit of their music in the trailer. So we have a little bit of heavy metal in the, in the trailer. So it's pretty cool. We have some voiceover, oh, nice. heavy metal music, some animation. So I'm really excited for people to see the video because we've really kept it under wraps. But the video is a minute and 40 seconds long with blood and crayons and yeah. people talking and, and art and animals moving around and creatures and monsters. And it's pretty sweet. Fire. Excellent. Right up my alley, man. You, 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 you're talking to a fan already. I love it. So, folks, there you go. Check out uh, Jason Lennox. Please check out the project. Sign up now so that way you could get informed of when that Beautiful bad boy comes out. All right. So there you go. Jason, anything I'm missing here? Where else could they follow you? Uh, I mean, the easiest place to follow me is probably Twitter and Instagram. I'm just at Lennox Artist, L E N O X Artist. And um, 
You know, I'm on Facebook as Jason Lennox Illustrator, and I'm on Etsy at Lennox Art Emporium. But uh, I put I put the Kickstarter stuff right on top of my website. So if you want to just go find it, just go to JasonLennox.com. Click on it. It's at the top of the page. You, you, you can't miss it. It's right there. Boom. And let me worry about it. It'll also be in the show notes so you guys can click away and go ahead and support this wonderful project by this amazing creator that's been just doing awesome stuff. So, Jason, thank you for taking some time out today to chat with us. Thank you. a bit about the project. You rule. You rock. You know, thank you for everything you do. And I know that this is going to be a big success. Don't you worry. And with that, folks, you know what to do. Outro says it all. I'm Al Mega with the amazing Jason Lennox. Later. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 